one more game left in the best ball regular season. You spent months and months drafting these teams. Maybe you're live to win a bunch of money. Maybe you're like me and you're not live to win any real money. But either way, we're here to get ready for the finals. The final game, Bills, Bengals, the game everybody has been waiting for, the game of the regular season, and it closes out the best ball season. It's going to decide millions and millions of dollars, and we're going to figure out who you might need to have, who maybe one of our friends is fading, everyone in, in this game, and what you might be able to get tonight to take home all the big bucks in best ball. Well, I had hoped to show up to this show. A, we were supposed to have this show yesterday, but yeah. shout out to our good friend, Patrick Corrine, who uh, clearly no one else needed to be live sweating um, last night's game or the end of yesterday's games quite like Pat. So we let we let them have that one <laughs> because we didn't we didn't need to be uh, having me recap my teams that are all in like, you know, <laughs> the bottom 10% of all of these uh, uh, best ball finals. It was not a good week for me. Um, my best team is really not very good, but it is in in, in eighth in the nine dollar button hook. Um, of course it which is. is. Which is, yeah, exactly. Uh, my one team, you know, my, and of course it's a Mahomes-Kelsey team uh, that doesn't have McKinnon and Kelsey was awful anyway. But um, nothing, you know, I, I can't win anything worthwhile on that team and my two teams that i thought were pretty damn good coming coming into the week just were horrible absolutely horrible i'm going to finish very near the bottom of both tournaments but um i don't know how how you did probably not uh, a whole lot better if i remember all the all the players on your team you were sweating but i think it's a it's it's kind of a fascinating like not lesson necessarily but like reminder of how absurd this game is right like mike evans is the guy you need and was one of the worst picks <laughs> we joked about like cam Akers, right and all these guys mike evans might have actually been the, the assuming health right if we mm -hmm. if we take out the injured guys at least early round players mike evans was probably one of the worst picks for the regular season but Everybody, you know, not in BBM, I guess, but in most tournaments, there's a Mike Evans team up top. So it's a it's a, a stark reminder that uh, this game is crazy. Well, the guy that's in first in the puppy right now, the the first puppy, that's the tournament I'm in. Mm -hmm. He has Mike Evans. He has the nuts. He I, this is like my fear. He'd be crushing BBM right now. He's up mm. like 20 points on Crane's team or something oh, like that. Jeez. And he has like 187 or something close to that. And he's like the only Mike Evans team. There might be one more. And it's like, yeah, he's going to win 75 grand. But like you put that team up and you're like, I could have won $2 million with this team. That's uh, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. It's it's a tough spot to be in. I mean, you're getting 75 grand, right? Like, so I guess <laughs> it's like not the worst, but. Yeah, my teams are relatively dead with uh, the exception of Devin Singletary does something nuclear. I can win a little over a thousand on that puppy team. I'm like right in the mm -hmm. middle there. Um, good thing I did research last night, though, because as I dug through all of the Spike Week streams, 
all of the ship chasing streams, I was able to find the draft that Pat Corain did <laughs> to have this BBM team. And he did that draft with me and I posted it on Twitter. So <laughs> it seems as though I have a sweat at $2 million today is the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's, um, I noticed I, I, I peeked in for just a few minutes on, uh, this, I, I love Pat. I, I want, so I wanted to tune in a little bit and watch him be miserable for, for a, a little bit on their stream last night. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, and so I, I, you know, but I, I was, I was still pretty, uh, tilted from, from the day of football and how it all, all played out. We were just going to hang out and watch some TV and stuff and, and be done, be done with it for a day. Cause I knew I'd, ba- you know, we'd bounce back today. And uh, Pete and uh, Ben and others were pulling that joke quite, quite a lot as well. So you're in, uh, I don't know if that's good or bad company, but uh, you know, the people are coming for Pat's money here. The guy hasn't even won the 2 million yet (laughs) and everybody's coming for, for their share of it. You know, I'm just saying that I, I found the stream where we drafted. I have video evidence. There's there's proof. There's proof. So um, I've already hired lawyers is what I'm going to (laughs) say. I will say, um, <laughs> two, it's two totally unrelated things, but the I uh, with 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 Pat's sweat. For anyone that doesn't know, I assume if you're watching this, you probably know Pat Crane, who's on ship chasing and works for um, Roto World, NBC Sports, is in first in Best Ball Mania three, <laughs> currently winning two million dollars. Has no players left. Had no players left last night. Survived that one um, for the most part. And is now sweating <laughs> one of the best and highest potential scoring games of the entire regular season and has yeah. to fade all, all of these guys. Um, if you're hanging out later, uh, shout out to Hacker. I see him in, the, in the, the chat. He had a good comment that I wanted to piggyback on this conversation or this point that I'm making. Um, I'm going to hop on chip chasing for a little bit and to, you know, just enjoy the sweat with Pat, but also talk through because Hacker put together kind of all the scenarios, all the teams that can realistically, right? If you need 70 Devin Singletary points, you know, you don't get your team doesn't get on the list of, of teams that can actually catch him. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I'm going to walk through some of those scenarios <laughs> to I don't know if it's going to ease Pat's pain because there's a few that I would not feel very excited about if there's I were a few that were scary. Yeah, there's a few that are really really scary um but hacker's point i just wanted to bring up real real fast because he said it's crazy there are so many live teams without evans what if the guy what if you don't need the guy you need right and it is a fascinating like thing you know thought experiment in that mike evans was two percent owned in the uh in best ball mania three now generally even like a two percent owned guy like in the DraftKings Millie with a thousand teams, there's probably going to and and the whole top five is Mike Evans or the top nine or something like that is Mike Evans on DraftKings and he put up fifty on dra- on DraftKings yeah. so that's a really tough fade, right? Yeah. He he scored twenty five percent percent of the top teams points. My Millie team has like ninety four points. <laughs> he barely I barely beat Mike Evans. Tom Brady and Mike Evans like basically beat me on DraftKings, but it the smaller the field, right? This is, goes back to our contest selection stuff that we talked about. It's twofold. Of course, I'm, I'm still going to max BBM next year. I'm still going to max the DraftKings Millie because it's really not that much money to chase, you know, life-changing money. But your, your thing about the puppy 
and hacker's comment was like yes of course you're not that guy put up a monster score you know like has evans but it's easier to just blow away the field if you find right last year's jamar chase two years ago alvin kamara this year's mike evans especially at low ownership chase wasn't that low owned but kamara was and um evans was this year if you're in the smaller field you can just right that you find Mike Evans. You don't need a lot more. You don't need a lot more in the the small fields, especially like on DraftKings where we got into these like ten man finals, twelve man finals, twenty man finals, and so it just made me think about kind of contest selection a little bit more. Like I said, I, I want to chase the life changing money, so I'm not going to stop playing those. But like, am I going to max the puppy seven <laughs> next year? You know, probably not. I think I want to. It, it just reminded me that like a especially on the contest that you're in, you might be able to win without the guy that you need or the, the inverse is also true. If you find the guy you need in a smaller field, you, you may need a lot less, right? In BBM, you still need a lot of juice around Mike Evans, but like in the, the big dog or right. Uh, the, the high stakes DraftKings tournament, you may not need a ton around Mike Evans. If you just so happen to get him there, you know what I mean? And so, it just had me thinking kind of about, uh, obviously my teams are dust. So I'm already starting to think about next year and all that. And, um, a hacker's comment reminded me of that. Well, let me ask you this while we're on this subject, we, we talk about our structures that we like falling into player traps, like in the sense of when we like to draft a certain structure, we tend to like certain guys. So especially for us in that range, we, when we're drafting our zero RB teams and stuff, Evan's, along with most of our peers, let's be real. They weren't looking at Evans. They were taking AJ Brown. They were taking Mm -hmm. T Higgins. They were taking, you know, Tyree kale and all that stuff. And people went out of their way to say how much they didn't like Mike Evans. Now, when we don't like a guy that much for people that are drafting like a specific type of structure, is that a guy in the future? And this could be results oriented for this year. Mm-hmm. Should we be mixing Mike Evans in more? Because it's like, all right, well, we know that the people that are drafting these type of teams, Mike Evans isn't on their player list. If we're mixing Mike Evans into these hero RB teams or these zero RB teams, we're getting different from the rest of our pairs. We're drafting Mike Evans in a structure that we believe is going to advance more, gives us a better shot at winning. And now, oh, all of a sudden we're unique because we're the one team that was doing it with Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. And I guess like finding that line of which players to do that with and not do that with because the flip side is Allen Robinson because no one wanted Allen Robinson either. And we were right on that one. So the difference I think is we knew Mike Evans was possible of nuclear games. Like that range was always there. Like I, If someone was going to tell you that he wasn't capable of three why uh, three t- touchdowns in a game previous to the season? Don't listen to that person anymore Correct. because Mike Evans has that upside. We knew it more more than Godwin. Like we like Godwin better as a player because he just gets more volume and blah 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 blah. But in a one game slate, Evans is greater than Godwin in theory. Right? Evans did Evans did the thing that Jamar Chase did against the Chiefs last year, and he's not Jamar. Everyone, I'm not trying to compare him as a football player. But the role that he plays is essentially a down the field outside boundary wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. All year, the part of the reason why he's busted all year is because a he's dropped like two or three, <laughs> like literally wide open drop seventy yard touchdowns. And Brady has been really bad actually 
connecting with him down the field. It really hasn't been for a total lack of opportunity, but that's the point is he, he wasn't right. Like you said, I love Chris, Chris Godwin's like arguably my favorite player in the NFL. He's a really good football player, but like Keenan Allen's a really good football player too. Mm-hmm. I don't draft Keenan Allen and you know, I'm not, again, I'm not comparing Godwin to Keenan Allen, but they're different archetypes of players, right? It's like, it's like the rookie comparing Wandale, right? To Pickens, right? They're both pretty good football players. It's just Pickens really just gets a bunch of downfield shots and you pray to God he, you know, makes crazy catches and Wandale gets a bunch of two yard targets. They're just different archetypes of players. And so my takeaway, I've been, I've, I've thought about this a lot and I feel I was on the right path throughout the course of the offseason, but didn't quite get all the way there to where I need to be. And this might be my number one biggest lesson um, from the whole season. And I feel actually fairly confident in it. I had, if you recall, Jacob Sanderson um, mm-hmm. on a, a draft stream. And we, we talked kind of strategy and upside and all that stuff for quite a while. And it's one of those things where some talking to other smart people can be so helpful that he, I knew, I, I knew that I knew this, right. It was actually like the Gabe Davis thesis when everyone kept saying you can't draft Gabe, right. Because of X, Y, Z. My whole thesis was in any a, his floor is pretty high. He's like a, a small loss player. And so maybe Mike Evans wasn't a small loss, but he's probably a fairly big loss this year. Re, you know, regular season wise, but it, his weekly ceiling and his role in a good offense is such that like, I, I can't leave my portfolio without this guy. And, you know, Gabe was three rounds cheaper. So I was, you know, and the bills are better than the bucks and blah, blah, blah. So my, my argument for someone like Gabe, the argument for lots of other people, Javante is the upside was so crazy, especially in any one given week, right? Gabe, Gabe Davis did this last year, Gabe Evans, chase, Kamara, there's only a handful of these guys that have even done this in any single one week. So those kinds of archetypes are who you need to target. And you need to identify those archetypes first. Before ADP, throw that shit out the window. You like why Allen Robinson and Brandon Cooks and, and Keenan Allen were not good picks in my in my opinion for, for me and how I play this game is because they there is there is not a universe, there's not a metaverse in which they can do what Mike Evans just did. Not possible. Right. Just can't do it. Allen Robinson. I don't care that Allen Robinson was on the Rams. He's the wide receiver. He he cannot do. He doesn't have that role on the Rams offense, even when, even if he was still good, whatever. Brandon Cooks cannot do that. Right. Keenan Allen cannot do that. They can accumulate a bunch of catches and have a good week. That's great. That's not how we win best ball. Right. Jamar Chase last year is how you win. Gabe Davis in the playoff best ball contest is how you win. And Mike Evans this week is how you win. And Mike Evans was a guy who I singled out. I fell into this trap. Everybody did. And we said, second round, Mike Evans? What? Like, we treated it like our regular fantasy football league with our home buddies. I would, you know, you're not, you don't care about having Mike Evans in your home league because the team who drafted Mike Evans in the second round got dusted off, right? Because you had A.J. Brown. But in best ball, you, you can't, in my opinion, completely X out archetypes of players that have that kind of a weekly ceiling. Now you're not always going to be right about that weekly ceiling, right? The Rams went to shambles, blah, blah, blah. Shit happens, but you can't completely, you start your process with the players that are the archetypes that can do what Mike Evans just did. Now 
cost adjust for all the other stuff. And you say, oh, Jesus Christ, Mike Evans is a, is fancy Gabe Davis. I don't need to spend a second round pick on that a lot. But you, you, you can't just say, nope, no Mike Evans ever, right? Because he can do this. And so would you have got by if we drafted 5% Mike Evans, would we have gotten anybody through? Probably not. But right, we talked about a long time ago, like, look at all those. <laughs> I don't mean to do this because you have them both on your finals team. Like, look at all those Dalvin teams and look at those Najee teams and look at those whatever. Those those, those Andrews teams look I, I would like to have my Andrews teams back. <laughs> Put those on Mike Evans, right? You just take a handful and then, like you said. Then I'm going to have the structure. I'm going to have whatever, and I, and I have my share. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But starting with the archetype and kind of the weekly ceiling and the in the general seasonal ceiling, I think is the whole thing here. And that's the difference between best ball. And it's hard to, for people to wrap their head around because you're like, Mike Evans can't pay off a second round ADP. I'm like, well, he just did. <laughs> in best ball, he just did. It doesn't matter. The the rest of the shit doesn't matter. What he did for the first twelve weeks. 13 weeks, 14, it really doesn't matter. And that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. This game is different. And even I feel like I didn't, I didn't even, I talk about it every day for a fucking living. And I don't feel like I encapsulated it in my process like I should have. But the, the flip side is just because you're, you don't fall into that trap. And I was just checking my percentage on Mike Evans for the season. I was at 10% Mike Evans, which is good for you. That's yeah. decent doesn't mean i got him through but right. at least i had the chance at him right so like i wasn't anti evans but i wasn't like going out of my way to draft him if he was there and it made sense i was taking him mm -hmm. but again it's it's shots on goal with guys that we want to get there uh great comment by hacker in the chat he said good on rob to listen to his criticism he's talking a lot less today i got the it was for the other podcast but we got the greatest review ever um, over the course of 2022, where on the podcast review, they wrote, they talk too much. And I don't, it's a podcast. I don't know what, uh, what they're looking for there. <laughs> uh, shut, sh it. Let's go silent. A moment of silence for, hold on now. This is on our, this is reviews of our podcast. No, this no, podcast. no it, it was on hometown ghost stories, but it was just my, someone said review. on hometown ghost stories for review the podcast and said, you talk, they talk too much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's almost as good. All right. Look, I'm not trying to, dunk, I'm not trying to dunk on people, but we have some really good comments on our, on our, uh, uh, podcast podcast as well and i just wanted to pull it up while we're talking about this a there's a i posted this one on twitter because maybe i was triggered that morning or something the guy says if you're looking to lose money that's someone who loses money every best ball season then this podcast is for you first of all what's really funny about that is that look i have a lot of personal flaws <laughs> and no offense i'm not trying to be rude we all do you're human just like i am the the one thing i have successfully done is make money at best ball like i've done a lot of other bad shit and given a lot of bad advice but the one thing you can't say is that i've lost money at best ball it's like dude i'm easily trollable how could you fuck this up how could you possibly fuck up this troll and pick the one thing that uh uh <laughs> that you can't dunk on me for and this one is absolutely legendary sorry bartleby but not really <laughs> reviewing the podcast not really a podcast. This is meant to be watched on YouTube. A, we are on we are on YouTube. We just repurposed them for podcasts. As a, 
So podcast, this is not, under, I'm reading this for Bartleby. So, you know, the audio listeners uh, can understand. I cannot say if these guys are good or bad. I can say the the podcast is meaningless because I don't see a draft board and I have no idea who they who they pick. Sir, you are listening to an audio only <laughs> podcast. What podcast shows you a fucking draft board? It's not I'm not going to. We did. I think we did that. Didn't you do that? The one time after this comment, you read like every pick in the, in the whole draft. Trolling yeah, this guy. I did that. But uh, yeah, people are people are hilarious with the the comments. Bartleby the cat. If you go through like all of our friends' podcasts and stuff, he leaves a one star review on everybody's oh, stuff. Really? Yeah, I think the only one that was spared a one star was Pete. I think he might have got a two star. Oh. Bartleby the cat. Well, but well, Pete, Pete, you can't see Pete's draft boards on the audio podcast either. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I love those. I have another one I'll share with you at some point when I find it. But um, it, people are people crack me up. So it just it kills me. Anyways, the Mike Evans thing we went we went over it. I think your point is spot on. We need to be going through and maybe just take a day where you take the the draft board as it currently stands. And just highlight and X out players in terms of like who's capable of doing this, mm -hmm. like for you round by round, right? And go off of that and where you think it matters more. Obviously, I think it matters more in the early rounds. You're drafting for upside way more so in the early rounds than you are in like round 11. So um, that's that's something that we need to be looking at when we start firing these drafts up again. Oh, in like three weeks. Yeah, you know the first tournament's coming once these playoff tournaments are done. Yeah, two weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that I think it's a great discussion. I think it's a good thing to self-reflect on this stuff and like find what we were doing wrong. Maybe one of the things I was doing wrong, even though I had ten percent Evans, was maybe when I do take my player stands, maybe I don't take them so early and I do flatten that exposure slightly over guys that I like in the first two rounds. And I really hammer guys that I like more in the mid to late rounds. Um, that's something I need to look at because Javante Williams, as much as I liked him as a pick 20 something percent, Javante Williams pr probably tanked me and I advanced more teams than, than most. I had like a 28% advance rate. Imagine if I wasn't drafting 24% Javante Williams, <laughs> I get a four, I get a few more teams through. So, but I could be saying the flip side of that. I could be dunking on everybody right now because clearly Melvin Gordon wasn't going to be it behind him if he doesn't get hurt. And even with a bad offense, I still think he gets he has a pretty good year. So, I mean, it's, you know, football is such a game of like yo-yoing and every game matters. And it's just it's a crazy, crazy sport. And it's it's so it's it's impossible to even like truly explain this format of fantasy football, like the best ball, the best ball tournaments specifically with these, right. These randomized pods and the, you know, four uncorrelated tournaments, all the cookie cutter stuff that people will say. It's, it's almost impossible to explain it because we're sitting here saying, I hated Mike Evans coming into the year. He's like the antithesis of a player that I like to draft. Certainly in the second round, he's a fine Real life NFL wide receiver, he's not right. He's going next to AJ Brown and Ty and Tyree Kill, and even like Debo is a much better real life football player than Mike Evans. Mike Evans is good, obviously, 
he has had a good career. But at this point, he's aging. Like he's aging out. Mm-hmm. He's aging out of like the star wide receiver uh, group, and we kind of saw that this year. Just another ho hum, decent year for Mike Evans. I was much lower on the Bucks than uh, market, and so that let me, like I didn't even Chris Godwin's my guy, and he was much cheaper, and I didn't even really draft him. Obviously, I wasn't really drafting Lenny. Um, I wasn't drafting Brady. So I don't really, I will say about Brady on the flip side. I don't, I don't really have any regrets about Brady and I don't have a lot of regrets about like the, the in a vacuum take of Mike Evans. My, my regret and takeaway is what I talked about that Mike Evans, I, you, I, I don't think we can get so honed in on the names and the traditional way in which we evaluate players, mm-hmm. right? Mike Evans is. I told you these AirPods are freaking killing me. Mike Evans is a weekly crazy high ceiling player. He's really expensive. So, okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the requisite percent I should have, I should have drafted Mike Evans on, but it shouldn't have been zero. If I was going to draft, right. We drafted Gabe and MVS and, you know, all these other high upside weekly high upside wide receivers for cheaper, we should also draft the second round guy. That's like, that's super, super, super fancy Gabe Davis, right? Like he's fancy version Gabe Davis. He's, he's Rodeo drive Gabe Davis. And I took zero. It's like you were on the right path here. That's the frustrating part. It's like you were on the right path here. You should just have like four to 5% because AJ Brown also has that ceiling. Right. And Tyreek also has that ceiling, et cetera. But I, I took a complete stand against that that player that symbolizes kind of the weekly ceiling that we look for. It's a the, the whole company is called Spike Week. <laughs> He's a Spike Week type player, and I took a stand against him. Like the, the 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 X out players are like those dusty aging running backs that don't really have that ceiling or or Najee. Um, like right, like Mixon was that guy for me, et cetera. I know he had the one big game, but um, and then like Cooks. Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, right? Those those kind of guys. Like you've talked about Jacoby Myers. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, just some other guys off the top of my head. Those are the guys where it's like, dude, if you have zero of them, who cares? They're right. not going to kill you. But I, don't, I, I just don't think I should be doing the zero of those kind of archetypes because I still was ingrained a little bit in, you know, how we analyze fantasy football as you draft in your 12-team league, right? And you're just trying to take down your buddies in your 12-team league. Do you think age had a lot to do with it with Mike Evans? Because everyone that was in on Gabe Davis was in on Mike Williams, right? So, like, they were compared to as, like, sort of the same type of player. But the people that liked that liked Mike Evans are the opposite of us or the guys that like to draft running backs a lot. So it's kind of weird that that's where Mike Evans ended up going, like how he ended up flipping – for both sides to to a degree so i don't know i think maybe that might be one of the things um but next year again definitely definitely going to be reevaluating my process on players specifically in the early rounds first second third round i'm going to still fade players i'm still going to get some leverage on players that i think are better but once i get to the point where i i'm never clicking on a name i'll be going back to that name to make sure that, you know, am I missing something? And maybe we're not. Maybe we're not missing something. So 
I think that kind of puts a, a cap on the Mike Davis talk while Eric is figuring out his audio. I'll go through some of my teams that I have left, and then I want to kind of start talking about people in the chat. I've seen some people post some stuff there. Um, I don't have any major sweats. In the puppy one, I'm in 43rd right now. I still have Devin Singletary to go. All he has to do to actually score points is beat Ramondre 6.1. So he could get me up there. Um, if he gets a 20-point game, we get up into the $2,000 range at the moment. Again, the the game tonight is Bengals-Bills, so a lot of shifting could be done there. It is crazy. The guy in first place has 184 points. The guy in second has 145 and the guy in second, I don't think has anyone to go. So it's like, in order for someone to beat this guy, he is a uh, shout out to N. Bushinger 01. He has the Brady Mike Evans stack with a DJ Moore bring back with Austin Eckler. So he kind of just like dunked on Jesus. everybody with the nuts. Like that's how he Jeez. ended up getting there. So yeah, 184 points for this guy. Josh Jacobs was a second running back, carried him through the season. Um, interesting build. He, he started with Eckler, came back with Evans. I mean, clearly knew what he was doing. Cause he has Godwin. He actually has the Brady double with the DJ Moore bring back completely correlated for week 17, picked the right game. And is just like dunking on everybody right now with, with the correlated Carolina bucks game. Um, and on the week 17 thing, I actually think, um, so, some people will still get mad about week 17 conversation and stuff like that. So I actually think this week proved the point of what week 17 is about. It's not about no one in their right mind said, I got to go target the Bucks Panthers game. And no one in their right mind said, I got to go reach right. I got to go reach for Evans. I got to go reach for Godwin. I got to reach for DJ Moore. I got to reach for Tom Brady. What no one said that. Like if anyone was saying go target week seventeen for the games that are the best, you would never have landed on that on 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 that game. It was Baker Mayfield on the Panthers, right? A lot of people don't even like DJ Moore. Um, the Bucks are fine. The Bucks are fine, but it, it actually was like the reason why. Okay, you landed Evans. Now you get to that t- right. DJ Moore was in this tier of wide receivers, kind of in the Gabe-ish range, right? Waddle. DJ Moore, mm-hmm. Gabe Davis, those guys. It's like, how do you pick between them? I don't know. They all look the same. So who do you pick? Well, you took Mike Evans. So if they're all in the same tier for you, you take DJ Moore on that team, right? If you took AJ Brown instead of Mike Evans, you take somebody You take somebody else at that spot. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to take somebody else. If DJ Moore is your best guy, that's fine. But you know, like you could take DJ Moore on AJ Brown teams, of course. But the correlation aspect is the final tiebreaker for these things. It's like, okay, now you get to the Godwin spot, right? In the fifth round or whatever, depending upon when you were drafting, are you taking Godwin? Are you taking Brandon cooks? Well, I'm going to take Godwin instead of that guy. Cause he correlates with my team, right? It's just this constant tiebreaker. And then you get to that quarterback tier with Brady. You break the tie with Brady over Stafford or whatever. Right. The correlation is just this constant tiebreaker for that draft. No one is saying go draft the Bucks and make sure you get DJ Moore and blah blah blah. But it's it, it was such a perfect example of like, who knows what game's going to go off 
I did I expect no if I if I expected Bucks Panthers I, I would have been loading up on them in DFS I didn't play any of them in in DFS no one expected this game to be the the total blow up but that's why you build the team kind of as it goes right your whole your whole team you just our decision points at every single one. And I thought this was a good example of the whole week 17 thing. People are going to fuck it up. People are already like probably going to be disagreeing about it today, tomorrow, this week. But I actually think it was like the perfect example of the entire point of everything we've said about week 17. Yeah. I I think that nails it. Like this, this team nails that exactly. And we see a question in the chat. That's like, what about the random Zaya Osborne to get through round one? And what I'll tell you about this guy's team that's got the 184 points, not only does he not have Zay Jones, he doesn't have KJ Osborne on this team. Jesus. How the hell he got this team through? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, because it's, I mean, his running backs are Eckler Jacobs, who Jacobs has been bad in the playoffs until yesterday. At least Eckler's been good, yeah. So he's used his score every time. Devin Singletary, who's been good. So it's been Eckler Singletary for him because he's got Daryl Henderson and Terry and Davis Price. Yeah, so he just yeah. used Eckler. Eckler uh yeah. And single through the whole playoffs, yeah. Yeah. I mean, then he had Mike Evans, Jalen Waddle, DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Christian Watson, Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson. So again, Robbie Anderson was correlated for this week 17 matchup. Donovan People Jones, who's been fine. And he went three tight ends with Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, and CJ Ozoma. You look at this team and you're like, how the hell did this make the finals? To be honest, <laughs> right? Hawk, I mean, Hawk definitely helped. Hawkinson definitely helped. Kurt, Kurt Cousins helped yep. um, as well. And he didn't even theoretically stack Kurt Cousins. He just grabbed Cousins as a one-off. And I bet you his plan was to grab Osborne and he got sniped on him or something. Honestly, like that. forgot Hawkinson got traded during that. I was like, oh, well, he has yeah. Cousins to Hawkinson. You're like, well, hey, dummy. You know, I know it's been a long time since the offseason, but Hawkinson was not on, not on Kurt Cousins' team. Uh and that was kind of the problem with Cousins in the in the draft season. He, if you didn't have Jefferson, and if you didn't already have Thielen, like mm-hmm. Osborne was the one guy to pair him with. I know people were on Irv Smith. I wasn't so much on Irv Smith this year. Um, so if you grab Cousins without anyone else, you had to try to grab Osborne, and you'd lose out on him a lot of the times. So, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I mean, like he correlated for week 17. Clearly, it was a person that knew what they were doing. They had the Robbie Anderson as well, uh, just in case. And he gets this team through, is the point. He Maybe he had some pod luck. Maybe if he was in some of the other pods, he doesn't get through, right? But he got it through. And he got it through, and he had the, the guy. He had the Brady Evan stack, which he needed. And he's just absolutely dunking on everybody by 40 points right now. Yeah, now, I tonight, mean, tonight could change things, but... Yeah, but I I I doubt I doubt it changes it to the extent of his lead. But I mean, you n- you never know. I guess um, if there's a game that could do it, I guess it's probably this one. But um, even Corain was saying last night, and I'm sure he'll probably say it again tonight. Like he barely got this team in. T- he only got one team into the finals, and this team barely snuck in. A, it only got second in the regular season, right? So two out of 12 teams advance in the regular season. It didn't win. So it's not like it blew away the field. I mean, it's Brady and Tua. Tua Tua was fine, right? And Kittle and Gasecki at tight end. It's like Kittle seems good now, which is, again, another another difference in best ball is look at what Kittle has done for this stretch run. He leads the uh, since Brock Purdy took over. Kittle leads the NFL in receiving touchdowns. So 
at tight end, at how bad tight end. And it also happened to coincide with Kelsey kind of died. You know, Kelsey has kind of died the last month and Kittle has come on in the last month. So it's been a really big, among other tight ends. But Kittle has been huge. Kaseki hasn't done shit in all, basically, he had one good week, really, all, all season. To a, you know, it's been pretty hit or miss since the really hot start. Brady's been awful. Like, how did he get this team through? I, you know, I, no, no one really, <laughs> no, no one really knows. But that's just how this game goes. You know, uh, he built a structurally sound team. He did correlate week seven. He did correlate week seventeen, and he obviously correlated his. He doesn't have Evans, but he has Brady, Godwin, uh, DJ Moore. So mm-hmm. like, he, he built a, a well built team, and then you just pray to the gods. I know it's hard to wrap your brain around, right? Because like, when you when you say things like do the right things during draft season on all your teams and let the, let the fantasy gods, you know, and the, the variance gods either play out in your favor or not play out in your favor. It's really hard to under, like humans aren't good at saying like, I have no control over this, but you really do. Once the team is drafted, you have zero control. And that's Pat, Pat's team. You know, I, this is, it's not meant to be a negative thing at all. It's a really well drafted team. Mm-hmm. It's not the team that Pat ever would have picked. If you went through all Pat's teams, even the ones that just advanced the playoffs, this would be very low on the total pool. I guarantee you. I guarantee you, it would yeah. be super low on the total pool. But that's not the. It's it's that's the reason why this game is is so crazy, and that's why we that's why we stream so many fucking drafts and we talk about all this stuff because we're always constantly trying to look under every rock to find something new that can uh, potentially give us an edge. My best team left for the year. I guarantee if I were able to go through and rank all of the teams that I drafted, playoffs or not, this Najee Dalvin Cook team <laughs> would have been bottom 5%. <laughs> like for sure. Because I would have been, mm-hmm. I, I would have asked myself what I was thinking. I'd want to go back to my headspace. Was I just like, maybe I, I guarantee what I was thinking is like, I have drafted so much of the normal stuff. I'm just going to take a cook Najee team because I have just not touched them. Right. Yeah. Like that had to be what it was. And that's the only thing I can come up with. And I'm like, well, if it's what you need, at least I'll have the one contrarian take to the rest of my takes or something like that. And, and it's clearly what I had to have been doing. But if you had gave me the rankings, I guarantee it would have been towards the bottom. I didn't like the start Najee <laughs> Dalvin cook. Clearly they were like two of my, lowest owned players from the first round like easily so yeah i I think like we start looking at stuff like that but then that's the teams you get through sometimes and it's not like you can trade them out and even if it's with players you don't like the point is still drafting them within the proper structures of how you take them right like not giving up and just being like you know screw it so once i go Najee dalvin I have to make sure that it's like a five RB build or something like that, or like drafting the right types of running backs around them. However, I want to do it, like building within that structure, like not firing off stupid picks just because I took guys I'm not used to taking. Building I've seen a bunch properly. I'm I'm sorry. There's a bunch of comments I got to get to in the chat here. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Nothing like a robust RB team winning at all to stick it to the zero RB rows. A robust RB team is not going to win at all. There's not a robust RB team in contention. There is a an RB RB start. There's not a robust R- R- RB team in contention. So uh, nothing is being stuck to the zero RB bros. The best part about what Pat did on his team is he takes the zero RB principles and puts them into 
a team like an RB RB start. The thing that the RB bros miss in all of the zero RB conversation is not that zero RB people are actually uh, out, like not interested in the early running backs. You think I didn't like Christian McCaffrey? Everybody likes fucking Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? Uh, Saquon Barkley was one of my highest owned players. Like he drafted Saquon. Like no one who is a zero RB bro is actually anti running back. It is a structural thing and what Pat is so good at and why he hopefully wins tonight and why he deserves to win is because he has taken the types of principles that can win in fantasy from a structural perspective and putting them into every single structure and building. Like I said, he built an awesome team. Those are the teams that deserve to win. That's not a robust RB team, like not even close actually. Um, uh, then there was another one that uh, you, when you were talking about, uh, you know, you, your only team that got through was Dalvin and Najee, and he was asking, uh, "What does that, what does that teach you? If your lowest owned players are the ones on the team that you got the furthest, is there anything that we can learn from?" And I would say, "Not real, like not really." That's like we just talked about the Mike Evans thing. I don't have any regrets about thinking Mike Evans in the second round was way overpriced. I don't think you. Is is getting a Dalvin like Dalvin and Najee ha- were bad. Yeah. If anything, the player take like is there anything you can learn from it? Is that keep drafting good structures like you did. You right. built just like Pat did. Now you didn't have Eckler, right? And Saquon and and um Saquon was a little better than Najee, but like you did the same thing as Pat did. You built a really well structured team around that start that you just so happened to start with. Those two guys weren't even good. At least Pat <laughs> Pat happened to hit on two guys who were good for most of the season. Although Saquon really kind of tailed off. If you if you are a good structural drafter, you can build a good team at any time and you mix in the right types of players around those guys, right? So I draft those two running backs. That's what Pat did. That's what you did. Now, I'm banking on those two dudes. They got to be studs because I drafted them in the first two rounds, right? This is the this is where the robust bros miss the point a lot of the times. They keep going back to that early running back. Well, it's like you already filled your running back spots. I know you have a flex, and I had some like three RB teams that worked, whatever. But w- what do you need to do after you just spent? Another thing Pat has talked about calling the these snake drafts more like auction drafts. Assign a dollar figure to that first, right? If there's a $200 budget on your auction, you just spent $60 on Austin Eckler, okay? Now you just spent $40 on Saquon Barkley, and that keeps trickling down. Okay, you just spent half your budget on on two running backs. Do you really need to go back to the running back well? No. And then if you don't need to go back to the running back well, what do you need to do, right? He said, well, I, you know, he's he's an elite tight end guy. He took George Kittle. That didn't actually work out very well for – almost the entire regular season, right? He actually didn't draft an elite quarterback, which is a thing that people, you know, talked about a lot during the season, but he built a well-structured team with upside wide receivers, right? Where did he fill? He knew he needed volume of wide receivers, elite tight ends, etc. And so you just build structure that the lesson isn't anything to do with the fact that you happen to get that that weird kind of, you know, what you would think was a weird team through. That's just variance that like, that, yeah. that, that's just unless you were to, like if we were just wrong about Najee, then Felix would be here on the show with us. We'd be sweating it out if we were just wrong about Najee's upside. But you were right about Dalvin and Najee. You are Ooh. just good at drafting structurally sound teams. And so you just so happen to get that one through. It really didn't have anything to do with Dalvin and Najee. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's similar to what Pat did, right? I take Najee, I take Dalvin, and then my next two running backs are Devin Singletary and Ramondre Stevenson. So it's it was a far gap between taking my next running back, and then I, the only other one I took was Dearness Johnson. And I double-stacked Jared Goff at the time because Hawkinson's on this team, right? So it was Hawkinson, DJ Chark. Cole Komet was the bring back, which probably isn't perfect, but we weren't big on a lot of the Chicago guys. My he other was fine. Spe- he, yeah, but I don't know if you want to stack your tight ends for week 17. Would yeah, be like, right. I mean, it worked out because Hawkinson gets traded, right? But it was the only Chicago bring back I could find really um, at that. Didn't point want, didn't want uncle Valus. Right. Right. So <laughs> like we're limited in that spot, but yeah. So like I take Jalen hurts, I take Jared Goff and I just, load up on wide receivers but i'm also doing some correlation with those wide receivers i have you know christian watson for the dalvin cook bring back and stuff like that like so it was similar to the approach that corain did where i was still correlating for week 17 i wasn't going overboard to do it and structurally when i started two running backs i waited until round nine ten 11 like 10 probably before i took the next one and i made sure that i solidified the onesie positions he went with a three quarterback build but i got hurts and devonta smith i don't think anyone's going to complain about that and Mm -hmm. i held off on jared goff so like yeah it's it's not going nuts it's not taking those two running backs and then being like oh well leonard fournette fell to the third i guess i gotta take kim and then i guess i'll take cam Akers in the fourth as well and then fuck it, I'll take two more running backs. And then <laughs> and then you're just absolutely stuck at that point, right? Like, how are you salvaging a six, a, let's just say a five out of six first round running back team? You're just not. So, and there's people that are doing this. That's why we bring it up. People in our chat probably aren't doing it for the most part. Like, maybe I'll dick around and do one of those robust teams here and there, but probably never in BBM and probably only in a lower buy-in thing just to see if I can make a build that I like. Spoiler alert, I never make a team like that that I like. <laughs> right. right? Like, it, it just never it never makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, like, I still like to do the exercises to make sure I'm not missing something, but the, the takeaway, the long-winded takeaway from both of us is you can draft players that you don't like and everything goes down to structure and how you're drafting your teams out and that is our edge versus the field yeah and i think i think that there is player evaluation there is an there's an edge i actually feel like more strong about that now than i did before but i think it's different than how the traditional fantasy football community is valuing it right what we have seen is the never ending shitting on someone like Mike Evans, right? Mike. And and I look, I agree that in a vacuum, Mike Evans in the second round, given everything else, right? I think hacker was the one that posted the, the comment earlier that ADP only matters in a sense that who you're passing up on to take that player. It really doesn't matter in any other, like people love to be like, can't take that guy in the second round, or you can't take that guy in the sixth round or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, well, what does that even mean? Like, I mean, sure, I can take him in the sixth round, but who am I giving up to take him in the sixth round? And you're like, well, this guy or that guy, or you know, that's where it comes into. And why Mike Evans was bad in the second round 
if if like Mike Evans was your highest exposure player in the second round, right? You drafted 30% second round Mike Evans. Why, in my opinion, that's not good process is because of the players you had to pass up on to take 30, right? 30, and, and the players you basically have to be underweight on. Saquon, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, and that did not go well for you. Correct. Right. Even with 30% of him, you may not have got a team to the playoffs because so many of your teams got dusted off. But again, back to that original thing is the player takes are not the I'm going to predict this breakout. Right. It, it's always like, or this guy's going to fall off the cliff or, you know, and I, I'm guilty of that. I'm as guilty of that as anyone is. But the take is this game is not right. Again, you Mike Evans was maybe the worst pick in your 12 team home league with your college buddies. If you took him in the second round, you lost there. Mm-hmm. You might've got last, <laughs> you know, it's bad. I guess the guys who got hurt are worse, right? Pitts, Javante, whatever that's worse. But other than that, yeah, he was the worst. He was like, he was like that almost the Allen Robinson of last year. He was terrible. He barely helped you. And we carry that over to best ball, but this shit is so different. Yeah. Like, Throw away what our like we need to retrain our brains to how we think about drafting in best ball versus your your traditional home, even even like FFPC and stuff, like that's still all so different than this. Um, and so that 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 the, the lesson is all of that stuff. The lesson to me, like structure is the ante to the game. I that hasn't changed. If you can't draft good structurally sound teams, you're gonna pay the rake more often than not. And that is what it is. That's just, you know, that's like part one. That That's best ball 101. But like best ball 301 is some of this other stuff that uh, are, those are the where the lessons lie, right? The best ball three. We, we're not into like super, super advanced best ball course type stuff yet. The industry isn't big enough, but we're, we're definitely getting into the real lessons that we can learn. And I think Evans is a good lesson, but Evans isn't a good lesson in like, should you have drafted 25% Mike Evans? Cause the answer is still probably no, that sounds crazy. Cause he just won people millions of dollars. But like the answer is still probably you shouldn't have drafted him that much, but how much should you draft players like him? Right. How, like I think he's a terrible pick based on X, Y, Z, but I know he could do this. I know he can put up 50 in any given week. And if that happens in the fantasy playoffs, he's huge for me, right? Like how do you weigh that? Do you just full fade and say, please, God, fuck it. Don't don't do it in the playoffs. Or do you say, like, I'm going to dedicate five percent, 10 percent, whatever. You know, I don't know what the right answer is, but those are the conversations we should have. Not like the stuff we do for traditional season long. Well, let me ask you this, because I think we might have had this conversation in the offseason, but with a different player. I don't know if you remember this particularly, but we were going over some of our exposures at one point, maybe halfway through the season, maybe a little before that. And at the point in time, I had 0% CD Lamb. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't dislike CD Lamb. I disliked where he was going in the draft. And I found myself taking guys on both sides of him and leaving like Mike Evans. Without him. <laughs> like Mike <laughs> Evans. And, and just not taking him. And at that point in time, I, I was nervous about it. I was like, I don't like where he's going. I think he's mispriced, but guess what? The price doesn't matter because the price is the price, right? The price is the price at the end of the day. You walk into the grocery store, you're like, 
I don't like that eggs are, God, I don't know, grocery store prices. Jesus. The egg, all, eggs is funny that you bring that up. Every time I go back, they're a dollar more for a <laughs> carton of eggs. Like, what the fuck is going on? CD Lamb is the eggs of the, <laughs> of the best ball market. So, like, I, and I was nervous about it. I'm like, I'm missing out on this guy that has that 30, 40 point upside, especially, you know, in week 17, he could be the guy you need. And I knew that in my mind. And so I course corrected it and I got him up to, I think, 8% by the end of the season because I made it a point to start taking him. Um, so I do think that like we can already be in on that process, but we need to make sure we're doing it with players, you know, A to Z rather than just finding mm -hmm. the one. But like, even if you find the one, I consider it a win. Like, yeah, maybe CD Lamb didn't do much for me on the teams that I drafted him on. Actually, he did crush on the, the He's big He's been really team. good. He's been really good for like the last month or so. Yeah. So like you were fine with him if you got him through. So yeah, I mean, he, he could have made me some money. I'd have to like really go double check everything, but the process got there. It's like, Oh, I see something I'm doing wrong. Self-evaluating. We talk about this all the time. Yep. Self-evaluate what you were doing. I found what could be a leak in my game. I thought maybe, maybe in the beginning, I don't remember. I thought he was going to drop in price, but he never did. And once he doesn't, it's like, Okay, Mike Evans is holding holding fast in the second round. Mm -hmm. Well, now I got to make my decision. It's July, right? I mean, we need to establish what we're going to do with him. And we need to be doing it with more players probably in the future. Look at our exposures to player players. And it can go both ways too, because now that I look back on it, not being, we've talked about this not being in on Derrick Henry, not being in on Najee, not being in on Dalvin Cook. Why did I have any exposure almost to, to, to that extent? Like, And here's where I could be fixing some of those other problems by by adjusting some of these other things that I was doing that I didn't like. Um, I'm glad you brought up those guys because there's a constant, like, like many things in uh, the fantasy football landscape, people, and uh, particularly best ball, and there will be I, I can't wait for the amount of time someone tweets about like my advantage is structure and best ball. I don't have player takes, right? I can't wait till we do that shit again in uh, June because that actually couldn't be more wrong. But where I think really, as we've outlined here a lot, the, the player take edges is more in who to X out mm -hmm. than it is in who to target. Right. And now I, I, I have no, right. The, the two people that Corrine went pretty heavy, actually, they didn't end up being the guys, the guys he needed, but like he drafted 50% Rashad white. Uh, oddly enough, he, he, he wasn't willing to take some, take some stands, but a lot of the winners have, have taken stands. If you disagree with them, that is fine. I don't have a problem with that, but I think the player take player takes are probably the most important thing, but I really think, like I said, it is, it is figuring out who to target and who not to target. And the, it's uh, Mike Evans would be like, again, Mike Evans versus Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's probably a better real-life football player still in this. And he's on an offense that, frankly, I was more excited about. But he is just not the archetype of a player that can like really, especially in half point, maybe on yeah, DraftKings. Maybe on DraftKings, he's, yeah. he's different. On drafters, he's different. On underdog. Keenan is just not the guy to me. He's an X I, easy. Yeah, you X him out, but Mike Evans is not an X out on underdog, right? And so, like, it's those kind of player takes. I, 
No one said in that in that whole conversation. Did anyone say take a stand on Mike Evans? Did anyone say take a stand on anybody? No, but that's a player take. That's important. That's like maybe the the most like knowing not. To, I I drafted zero fucking Brandon Cooks this year. I drafted zero Allen Robinson this year. People will remember the fact, and they should, because I'm an idiot for drafting so much Kyle Pitts and Trey Lance and Javante Williams and all of that. But like, what what why I even got teams as far as I did, why I made money this year is because of the player takes. It just so happened to be not the player takes on the guys I really like loved more than the field. It was on the guys to X out. Right. Mm -hmm. So why does it, why does Gabe Davis not having a good year actually low key help me? It's because all the Gabe Davis teams were in lieu of any Brandon cooks, any Allen Robinson, right? Any, any of the dusty guys that went there, like even like Terry McLaurin, who gives a shit if I didn't draft Terry, Terry McLaurin, he didn't do anything, you know? So like the player takes absolutely matter. And um, I think, you know, hopefully Kareem wins, but Kareem, I, I, Kareem is a player take guy, you know, maybe not to the extent that say Felix and, uh, and Liam were last year, but he, an edge his one of his edges is player takes and, but player takes can go both ways, right? Full fade versus uh you know taking stands on guys mm -hmm. yeah and again i think i said it earlier but it might just be on where you do that in the draft i think xing guys out earlier makes more sense than taking stands earlier maybe and that's not to say that i won't take a stand on a guy early in the draft next year if i see something yeah. that i like i just i probably can't help myself but i think xing guys out earlier is what makes more sense in that yep. aspect i agree um so we, we, for anyone that hasn't watched us much before, we don't like, this is never scripted. We literally both show up a couple of minutes before we go live and we bullshit about something that probably has nothing to do with what we were going to talk about. And then we just go live and we're like, let's just talk about, uh, you know, whatever becomes relevant or whatever the chat wants to talk about. I did not expect us to talk about all the, you know, kind of lessons for, uh, from, from the season. Uh, but it's really good conversation uh it's gonna be a lot of good clips that we can use from that i do want to talk a little bit about tonight and kind of the the best ball finals real quick to to kind of wrap up because it yeah. is th this i'm framing it mostly through the bbm lens there's so many tournaments so i'm not trying to um not pay attention to those it's just obviously with kareen being in first and it being a two million dollar top prize it's the, the it's very top of mind but it is crazy to me like a that this game is on monday night it's almost like underdog, you know, uh, with their ad spend, they were sending some checks to Roger to be like, put this, put, can you put, can you put bills, Bengals on Monday night, please? Like, uh, the amount of traffic we're going to get to our website on Monday night is going to be crazy. But Crane doesn't have Mike Evans and is like, he's got a, there's a few teams I'm very terrified of for him personally, mm -hmm. looking at, um, the list, but, He's also like still kind of the favorite, I think, which is crazy because this game tonight is like everybody's, you know, that's the game of the week this week. You know, Bills, Bengals, there should be offensive. They're two good defenses. So I think people are underrating that a little bit. But, you know, still, even with the good defensive play, there should be offensive fireworks with these two teams. And a lot of the teams chasing first place need a lot of points, not even just terrain in other tournaments. Like you need really big like like 
25 half PPR points from some of these guys to chase down winners of tournaments, which, and that's like, he doesn't even have Mike Evans. It would be one thing if it was a, what what is the original puppy you said that you were describing earlier? Like that guy just hit the stone cold nuts. So like, yeah, I get it. Why people need huge, huge, huge games to chase him down. But like Crane has 161 points in a 500 man field and people need 30 Jamar chase joint points to, to catch him. That's it's a pretty crazy run out. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does feel like baby underdog paid some money because you see the absolute great <laughs> thing they did on week 17 for the schedule. And then you look at how they're bungling the week 18 schedule <laughs> right now. And you're just like, what are you doing NFL? So <clears throat> I hope going forward, the NFL does realize like not just for best ball, but for fantasy football in general, how big week 17 is. It is the big week of the season. It is championship games. Hopefully they have some schedule makers that are looking at like, oh, well, we need these two teams to play week 17. We should probably put them on Monday night because they're a big game or this one on Sunday night because it's a gigantic game. So I hope that they can't be like they have to be privy to it. Well, it's money. If it were something that wasn't going to line their pockets, they wouldn't give a shit, I don't think. But like, dude, Bills, Bengals on Monday night to win people fan like not even just we're talking best ball, which is obviously huge mm-hmm. and only going to keep getting bigger but like this impacts any form of fantasy football having bills Bengals on monday night the, the they, they were going to get a lot of eyeballs anyway but the amount of eyeballs that they can get on this shit is absolutely insane and then it just incentivizes people to to gamble more right you're like you know i'm gonna be watching the game i'm probably gonna throw a couple shekels on uh on on some things before tonight you know it is ironic i'm not trying to make this all about me it, I, I I could make a few. You were talking about I could make a few more bucks with X Y Z. It's Gabe. Gabe is the guy mm-hmm. that I need. I need to have a, a big game. So I won't be rooting because I don't, I'm not going to be actively on stream rooting against Karain. But um, it is very funny that Gabe has a shitty year and he's on all my, <laughs> literally all my playoff teams, or my final teams, and uh, would be the reason that I could make a few more bucks. Yeah, I mean, I have a Burrow double stack where Burrow just has to pass Lawrence and Jamar and T need to pass Garrett Wilson and Zay Jones to, to move up the ladder. But we think, are think, we're not going to sweat it. We're not going to think sweat you're going to move. I think you're going to move up. Let's just say that much. Yeah. So we're not going to we're not going to sweat that because, again, we are anti sweating Chase and Higgins tonight. We do want we do want um, Pat to win this because it's yeah. Uh, couldn't of, be a better guy to be comment exactly exactly um i'll just leave it at that i was going to say something mean about other people but i'll just leave it at that <laughs> Two hundred and twelve thousand views on pat's tweet about uh sweating for the two milli tonight uh best ball about to go boom is the comment and uh yeah it's funny he posts that and every relevant person in the fantasy football industry replied you know matthew barry and everybody so like the people are pro- it, it, it actually low-key is so big like i'm so excited a for pat because it, like you said it's a really good person to uh have this this opportunity but also because selfishly <laughs> if someone like that wins and you know the matthew berries of the world are are publicizing it more i mean it's just it's obviously good for us we're we're talking about this year round but like the people in the chat the people playing it's like let's get we want the people that follow matthew barry and read matthew barry to be in our drafts let's just say that much 
<laughs> yeah, it's that's been a surreal moment for me this year is just interacting with Matthew Barry a few times via DM and stuff. Another mm-hmm. great guy, honestly, just another really good person in the fantasy space. Corain's a great guy. Um, and for me, because again, I got half of Corain's team tonight based on yeah, the draft that I true. dug up. Um, so I hope that 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 happens and I get a million dollars, you know, like 800,000 after taxes or something like that. <laughs> All right. Two questions <laughs> in order to get your $800,000. Who's the, who's the player set aside the, um, actual like specific sweats that um, Pat has, you know, like the, all the exact scenarios, but who's the player. I'm trying to think of the right way to frame this. Who's the player you're most afraid of? You know, who's the player you're most afraid of? And I don't mean just like, Oh, Jamar chase, duh. But like, who's the player you're most afraid of? Like kind of, you know, sneaking up there and, and, and having a big game. Well, there's a guy that has the double stack or something like that, right? Has some, or uh, maybe not a double, but with, there's a burrow, back. A, a burrow T team mm-hmm. that hasn't had any quarterback points yet. How the it's an, I believe it's an Evans team. That's why it has so many points. Um, and T T needs to score like hackers. If you're listening, will remind me exactly what it is like six or seven. Something like that, like seven points and T score will start start counting, right? So if T scores a touchdown, his his points are going to be already starting to count, and every burrow point counts. And they're down by thirty six, so that's fucking terrifying, right? Like a big a big burrow game, you know, can can get him close enough as it is, and then uh, T. So which I I don't I would not feel good fading fading T you know T or Chase tonight that that's a big one and then I'll just pull it up the one that Anthony has in the chat is scary too where they got Singletary Higgins and Knox left and I think they're by reading this they're sixteen point seven away yeah 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 um yeah that's that's can you see this yeah okay yeah this is about about, so these are um the the one I just mentioned is not on here and then. Shout out to if you're watching, I'm not. I apologize. I'm not trying to dunk on you. Shout out to all the people that are like 70 points back with like Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox, and they're like, "You forgot this one." I'm like, "Motherfucker, you're not alive. You're not. You're not coming back from 70 with uh, Isaiah McKenzie." Like a hacker was nice enough to put this poor fellow who needs a 28 point Isaiah McKenzie game on on here. Like we, I probably we probably should have left that one off here, but anyway. Uh, so there. These Shout are out cool. to Hacker real quick because putting this together is top-notch work yeah he's the man we were talking about it uh yesterday and uh yeah he is the absolute man um so anyway you what is really nice about this and what i like what he did is on the right hand side you can kind of get a quick glimpse and just be like okay that's a tyler boyd team right that's uh this that uh, or whatever um but like i said don't have that one team that's a borough Burrow without any quarterback points yet on here, but there's the one that uh, yeah you said that and this one is a uh, <laughs> also this made me laugh. I don't think that's how taxes work, <laughs> uh, but uh, Singletary starts scoring at seven point three, which is terrifying. T at starts scoring at six, which is terrifying. Knox starts scoring at seven point seven is not the worst, but when you combine all that with only being down by 16.7 who buddy <laughs> that that's when it gets real sweaty because like this dude's got outs to so much stuff from all these guys yeah yeah that that one seems like the real scary one 
the burrow boy knocks one seems like it it's closer but it's going to be tougher for it to start anything Mm-hmm. So that's and not Boyd as scary. Is so much work. Like T and Chase can go nuts. It's really hard for. I'm not saying he can't. Of course he can, but you know Boyd projects like, like Chase check projects for like half point PPR. Like probably like I don't have it up. Six, 15, 16 points. I don't know. I'm I'm throwing something at the wall. Boyd probably projects for like eight. So like it's tough for him to get there. That Allen Chase team's slightly scary. I mean, it's not fully scary, but Allen could put up 35. Chase could put up, you know, 28 to 30. I think the Allen part of it is is the scariest because he, like you said, he, it's really hard for Chase even like in this matchup. We did have to remember the Bills defense is competent. So like Mm -hmm. you're not going to, they just don't really give up big plays like that. So you're not going to get like that Evans game. But I mean, he, he could score, let's just say 30 at a, at a peak. And so you really have to fade Allen going for 35 or whatever is the big fade. Yeah, I think that the three teams that are look super viable is those two and maybe the 30 from Chase. Because although it's tough, we know that Chase is capable of putting up a 30-point game. So like those are the ones that look the scariest, I would say. Yeah. Out of all these. And, and that's the thing. Any one of them individually, I went through them and like my heart was racing this morning. It was a good way to wake up. It's like any individual one of these outside of, like you said, a, the, that that Burrow T team is really scary. That one, um, what was it? Singletary uh, T Knox team is really scary. A couple others that are like pretty scary. But it's just the fact that this game is so fucking popular. Like you, Like fading last night's game, you're like, Yes, there's a couple teams that can hurt me, but it's like, I don't care that much. You know, mm-hmm. I don't care that much. This is like half the people in this tournament have got, have guys in this game. It's like, you, you know, James Cook breaks a long touchdown on the first drive and you're like, fuck me. Now James Cook is live for 25 points or whatever, you know, and that wasn't something you were even probably sweating before. Right. And now like Sunday, fun day right here. It's 19.2 from Cook is Cook probable to get 19.2 not a fucking chance but you're like in this game you just get something fluky like that and then there's other cook teams right it's this trickle down effect it's like it's it's brutal dude it's this game is just the worst possible thing to have no no you know and he doesn't have a any defense right he has no no defense against any of these players because he's all done the the one that we missed is the lp 8317 Who's got Burrow, Mixon, Davis, and Higgins left? Oh, yeah, this is a good one. 17 from Burrow before he starts counting, almost 14 from Mixon before he starts counting. He's 37 points down, but the wide receiver spots are only 3.9 and 3.4, and you got Gabe Davis and T. Higgins. Yep. You don't need Burrow to do much. You get 25 out of Burrow. That's eight. That brings it down to 29. You get 16 out of Mixon. That's, you know, 27. And then 27 divided by two is just like getting, you know, a couple, I don't know, 16-point games out of Davis and Higgins or something like that. Or right, or less or, you know, some variation of that. That might actually be the scariest one, to that be one, completely honest. Because I think Pat and I, I, I sent this to Pat so he could 
um, look at it this morning. And I think that was the one he actually brought up. And it's like, I'm glad you brought that one up where he said like this, uh, he's like, I'm terrified of this, this, that team. And it's because it's four of the best six players in the four of the best set. If we include Josh Allen four of the best seven players in the game from a fa- like that. I mean, we know what, what Burrow Mixon, Gabe and T can do in any single, like they could blow the shit off the, out of this game, you know, and three of them are on right. Kind of quasi Mixon and Burrow aren't super correlated, but I mean, Mixon could catch a touchdown pass and that would be fucking awful. Right. Mm-hmm. And then obviously T is this, anything T catches is from Burrow. It's like, and then it, it's, it's correlated for this game. So it's like, okay, if Burrow throws a touchdown to Mixon and a touchdown to T well now Gabe's in a better spot, right? It's the DJ Moore on the other side of the Brady type thing and it's like you don't want that even though that one's it's probably third in probability out of the um again that Knox t singletary team and the just straight up burrow and t team probably i think i'd put it you know very rough (laughs) off the dome math probably third uh probability wise but it's not far behind and it's got the most juice like those dudes got some serious juice like i mean gabe could catch the a 60 yard touchdown on the first drive and you're like oh fuck you know like instantly you're like oh fuck this is bad like technically gabe or t could like get them almost all the way there right they yeah. score 25 they score 25 or something i i think the scary part is just every player's live in it we look at that singletary davis higgins team singletary needs 22.3 before he even starts counting so i almost just x him out completely and you're looking at yeah gabe and higgins need to get a combination of 20 above the 5.4 and 13 so higgins could score 13 and davis could still put up 20 and the guy doesn't get there correct so i don't know i i think that borrow team might be the one i'm scared of the absolute most but again jamar chase could put up 30 and it just doesn't matter you're just dusted Mm -hmm. off at that point right Mm -hmm. so um crazy yeah would you want to know, like, so if you're in this spot, if you were in this spot ending the night last night, and I know Corrine does a show, so things were going to get thrown at him doing the live stream, but, like, if you had the chance, like, after you went, got done with the, the 4 o'clock games yesterday, would you have wanted to know, or would you have been like, you know what, I'm not watching Sunday night football, I'm not watching Monday night football, I'm waking up Tuesday and seeing how this goes, or are you like me and probably couldn't stop looking at it? I, I, I would not be able to stop looking at it, but I will tell my, not the same level because Pat's a much higher probability winner than I was, but it's maybe five years ago at the DraftKings NFL live final. And after the early games, it's a very, very similar situation to Pat. I was in first place after the early games back then it was like two milli up top or something like that. So I got the screenshots somewhere back, back, you know, many in the, in the, the depths of my iCloud or whatever. I'm in first wife's with me. We're down in Florida and I know it. I am like 2% to hold. So like I said, Pat was way, way, way higher than I was. I was a, I was a dog to fall. I I finished like 13th or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so Clearly, you could see there was a lot of chalk in the in the afternoon or whatever. Julian fucking Edelman, your goddamn Patriots were chalk in that in that game. So that sucked. Le'Veon Bell was out for the Steelers. This is how long ago this was. Oh, yeah. Um, 
God damn it. Who's the, they had a fullback that was like a Jalen Samuels. Remember Jalen Samuels? Oh my God. Yeah. I would have never he pulled was, that name though. He was, uh, he was chalk as like Le'Veon's out. He's 4k on DraftKings, you know? So I faded him. I faded the whole game. So anyway, uh, sitting in first, we're down in Florida. So I, I, sitting at home here where I am now, no fucking chance. Wouldn't be able to put the phone down. You know, would, I would watch the games. I'd be tilting my absolute face off. Yeah, we but we left the live final and went down to the beach and like walked around the beach. And we were just like, I'm like, I don't want I don't want to sit here and watch nine, you know, watch not nine figures, seven figures just like fall out of my pockets in real time. And everyone else, you know, they were all chalky and watch everyone else cheer around me. You know, that's kind of what Pat's going through, too, is everybody needs guys from this game. It's like anyway, shout out to everybody in the chat. We love you. We're rooting for you. But like. You know, everybody's like, I need 20 points from T. It's like everybody, I need a big Josh Allen game. I need that, you know, because this game's so relevant for fantasy. Right, That's right. what Pat's doing. That's what I, I, so I was like, I can't fucking sit here and watch this. We went down to a bar on the beach, hanging out with locals. And they're like, yo, you're from St. Louis. So what are you doing here? And I start telling them, they're like, what the fuck are you doing sitting here right now? Like you're winning $2 million. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, because I can't, I can't stand to watch it. So I think. My answer is now living here, uh, being older at home, I would not be able to look away, but I have quasi gone through this and I couldn't, I, I couldn't sit and watch. I, I absolutely could not sit and watch it. Yeah, I can totally understand that. I don't, I know that I would say I'd want to walk away from it and not st- not look at it, but I know how I am on Sundays when I'm just sweating out a top 10 finish in some fucking stupid DFS tournament or something. Mm-hmm. Um, had one in like the double spy this week that I just couldn't stop taking my eyes off of. Yep. Like, and the money just isn't even close to the same. Not only it's because I think for us, like to, to simple, like to put into a smaller bracket, but if any of us were to win it, it doesn't just give us $2 million, which is the best part. We are set. I think Davis brought this up on the stream last night. We're set in our field for life. We will probably always have a job at that point, mm-hmm. most likely, as long as we don't squander it, right? Like, in <laughs> yeah. just we're completely stupid. But it's it's a resume thing that just cannot be matched by many people at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's it's just a double sweat. Not that Pat has any concern of that. Like, dude is good at his job. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, question was did you end up winning or where did you end up at that live final um i think it was 13th somewhere in the in the top 10 ish top 15 ish in in that um yeah long time ago jalen samuels was the chalkiest player on a dfs slate so that tells you about how long ago that was and totally agree with hacker this is let's wrap on the this this comment i play i play for the sweat um because two two parts one, we've seen a lot of comments about changing people wanting to change the structure of, uh, in particular, say, underdog or DraftKings tournaments with the pods, right? The random pods and all that kind of stuff. And people wanting to change that for fairness or whatever the fuck they want to call it. And um, we talked a little bit. We've talked a little bit about that uh, on the last show or second to last show that we did. And I think this comment is it. We don't even really have to say that much more. The reason this is set up, this game is set up the way that it is. The reason this game is so popular, the reason that next year, 
these prize pools are going to look small, which sounds absurd. But the reason that these con like we're going to get more contests and more formats and probably more sites, <laughs> right? We only really have three or four right now. Mm -hmm. This is just the beginning. There's going to be more competitors even coming into this. We're the reason all this is blowing up is this: the sweat is unmatched in the format that it is right now. I get it. You feel shitty when Pat's team gets through and wins two billion dollars, and your Mike Evans team got dusted off in the finals, lost by two points. It sucks. I trust me. I I've been in this space for a, almost a decade now. You those those things happen. It's and it sucks. It we're all human. But the reason why this game is so awesome is this structure, and it's because of the sweat is insane. It is absolutely insane, and I hope they never fucking change it. I don't care what all the people complaining about uh, are complaining on Twitter talk about. It's completely because of of this sweat i mean look at what it P pat's show last night pat's show tonight everything we just talked about for the last hour and 15 minutes wouldn't exist if we didn't have if we didn't have this this current format and so um and the, the only other thing i was going to say is that i i've talked to a lot of people over the course of the last two days i myself was super tilted yesterday my best team that i thought was like like I went through every team in the DraftKings $25 because I legitimately thought my team was like, even without Jalen Hurts, it was one of the best. I had a Hurts-Lawrence team. Mm -hmm. I thought it was one of the best projected teams in the $25, a 54-man field. I'm going to finish like fifth to last <laughs> in that. Eagles sucked. Hurts didn't play. Lawrence sucked. Jaguars took out their starters, Right. Just everything was everything. Justin Jefferson was on that team. Like pick yeah. a thing that went wrong this week. It was on those teams. That's how it goes. But the 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 whole thing is: look, sometimes you ran bad, sometimes you didn't. The sweat was awesome, and we'll have it again. We're going to be drafting playoff best ball teams starting tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to be streaming some playoff best ball drafts. It's it's never ending. Like Rob mentioned, we're going to have probably a big board or whatever the hell they want to call their first. 2023 tournament in a couple of weeks we play for that sweat and it's disappointing when it doesn't run out for you but like this Korean run out could be you next year you know you never know it's just uh the whole game is the fun of the sweat we didn't even talk about jefferson busting the uh, guy that got like so many people First round pick was the highest owned player in every final. That's absurd. Which is crazy. And he gets everybody there. He's owned at like some absurd clip in BBM at every single tournament. And he just absolutely bricks. Two points. Just Two. absolutely bricks. Assaults an official. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot he <laughs> bowed the official yeah. in the back of the dome. <laughs> I mean, like. That was insanity to watch that because you would think like no matter what he was going to get his. I thought he was going to get his no matter what. Like maybe, you know, he has one of his lower scoring, but not what he did. Um, Like no one thought it was going to be that bad. So it was just crazy like to see all the people that have him and like a lot of people were fading Jefferson and not a lot of people, a lot of people that were fading Jefferson. It just helped them increase their, yep. their standing. It was just like, so we just see stuff. That's what... It just goes to the point you're making. This format is great. I saw a comment from Al earlier in the chat where like one of the guys that's in the top 10 or something like that 
edged him out by two points just to make it to the last week. And now he's going to win thousands and thousands of dollars, barely making it through to the finals. But he got the team through. And again, it could be pod luck. Maybe that was one of the lower scoring pods. Maybe it was Mm -hmm. one of the higher scoring pods. But, and this isn't us kissing underdogs ass either, by the way, because we've had our like run-ins with them on things that we don't like. I mean, you have to give fair critique to the sites you're, you're operating on, but I think they nail the playoff format. I think it makes it the most fun. It's fun to sweat it and look at all these things and just see like what teams you're advancing and, ride the highs of getting teams through that shouldn't get there deal with the lows of teams you're like fuck any other pod i get this team through it's just it's part of the sweat and that goes to hacker's point part of the sweat it's just fun to sweat the teams all the way up until week 17 and it gets more fun like it the it, you don't like season long a lot of people lose interest i run a season long where we pay out the weekly top scorer and I still had people this week that weren't in the finals that weren't updating their team. Yeah. Like you could have got $50 back. Like best ball. We are sweating all the way through like, and more and more and more as we go through. So and, it's more, fun. sorry, just, just, just that, that, that I'm glad you brought that example up and why this game, this is God's game. Best ball is, is fantasy football's version of, of God's game. I don't right? people. I'm in leagues that do the exact same thing that, that you said, Partway through every single season, no matter how committed your group is, you're going to have people getting lax in managing their fantasy football season-long team. No matter what, you could you you'll say it every every year. Well, we're going to put in a weekly high score because that will incentivize the well, dude. When you're two and twelve, do you think you give a fuck about that fifty dollars? No, you're like get this season over. I'm never looking at that team again. Like right. I don't care. Yeah. I, I, I do it. That's a, that's a, I only play kind of in dynasty leagues now because that at least piques my interest. I can, I can tank for something, right? Bijan, we're tanking for Bijan. But like, mm-hmm. uh, you can't incentivize people enough. The team winning the DraftKings Millie Maker in best ball right now drafted, it, it's a Rus- Russell Wilson team. He mm-hmm. did not use uh, Brady score. He did not use Daniel Jones score. Russell Wilson was his quarterback. Trevor Lawrence was his second quarterback and he drafted two more quarterbacks. Yep. Jordan Love and Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> the team is absurd. And you know, this isn't meant as a slight on that person, but I'm saying you can you can win and you're never dead. The sweat never dies in this. Right? There's a team again in the top three to five, maybe I don't know, that was missing eight players this week. So imagine you're like, damn it, I got this team to the finals. I I got to fill out a starting roster of eight, and I only got 12 guys and mm-hmm. one quarterback. One quarterback, Daniel Jones. Your only quarterback is Daniel Jones. You're like, next thing you know, he's in second for 500K or yep. whatever. It's like this game, you know, you can't beat it. I just want to point out that my dog is very stressed out about Karain's chances tonight, as you can see. <laughs> By his stance on the couch right now, he he lays exactly like my do. It is absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah, just full spread eagle. Yeah, just got to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we talked about everything we wanted to talk about tonight, but I think we did get some real interesting points put out there. Things to look at for next year. Conversations we're going to be having again next year. Uh, it's 
I love that there is still so much to learn about best ball as we come forward. Yep. So is there anyway, anything else you wanted to hit on? Nope. Let's get out of here. And, uh, oh, if I, I'm sure you're all very aware of this, ship chasing is going live around kickoff time. I am going to join them at least for a little while to, to, to mostly just sit back and watch Kareem sweat over, over a computer screen because that'll be very funny. But um, highly recommend tuning in there. Root for Kareem or root for yourself if you're one of these teams that we just showed that are live on here. We weren't trying to uh, uh, not root for you. We're rooting for anybody that's, uh, you know, sweating one of these out and part of our crazy sicko community. Only little housekeeping is uh, definitely digging into. I, I wanted to get into the playoff best ball stuff either over the weekend or or today. Con the programming schedule has gotten a little wrench thrown into it with uh, the results from yesterday. And obviously with Kareen having a sweat there, we're trying to um, be smartest about how we schedule our shows. So tomorrow we're going to kick back off play some playoff best ball content and then be kind of starting to recap, obviously the 2022 regular season. And then um, after the next couple of weeks, we'll get through the playoff best ball stuff and, you know, we'll get into a crazy fun off season, but Tons more playoff best ball content coming. I promise we are just trying to get through kind of week 17 here. So that'll start tomorrow. And go check out my Twitter and watch the video of myself and Pat Corain drafting this $2 million potential winning team. If you haven't seen it yet, please, please go check it out. Anyway, uh, Rob's dog is clearly getting antsy (laughs) to get off the couch. So uh, we'll get out of here. Double hands now. (laughs) <laughs> i love it god that's literally <laughs> my dogs um enjoy the game enjoy the game tonight if you have any sweats please enjoy it have some fun and uh we will see you tomorrow peace